Hello and welcome to Sam Green Race Engineering. I'm Sean Smith and he's Sam Green. Hello, yes I am. You are? So still I haven't changed your name in the last couple of days, weeks? No, no. no. Okay, cool. Uh, Not is... planning, planning on keeping it as well. Yeah, good, yeah. Brand, good branding and all that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, this is our second episode of the uh, BTCC for 2022. Uh, Sam, we mentioned last time, there's a... Heading off to some small, tiny, insignificant track in England, which uh, played round two of the championship, I believe. Yes, yeah, or weirdly how the British Touring Car does it technically, um, four, five and six. Yes, very helpful. So, Sam's yes. going to be, we're gonna, obviously with uh, BTCC's new hybrid class in 2022, we're going to be just seeing it from the horse's mouth, really, see what, uh, what the real-life cars are like and... Uh, yeah, go from there. So, Sam, how was your time at Brands Hatch? It was very, very good fun. Um, I haven't been to British Touring Car. Well, I say that. I went at the end of last season to Silverstone. Um, uh, just mostly because the hybrid car was being run that weekend in all of the sessions. Um, so I wanted to go along and just see what it was like, really. But because it was on a field, it was the only one on the field that was hybrid it was difficult to really say how um what's the word effective it was hmm. because it was racing against the standard cars which were at the tire at that point a bit quicker um so yeah now we've got the full hybrid across all of the cars in every driver's uh hand i suppose right under his under his thumb um, for when, or she, of course, um, <laughs> but um, for when they hit the button, they can get a boost. Yes, um, we discussed this on the last podcast, that, uh, the, the instead of the old ba ballast system, uh, which the BTCC used to use, they now have a uh, sliding scale of hybrid usage during a lap and during a race, um, which allows the field to be a bit close together and have those at the top of the standings be slightly more handicapped than those further down, in theory keeping it nice and compact, which is what we like to see. Uh, now, Sam, you were there on the Saturday, uh, so that would have been qualifying, or would that have been race one as well? No, so it was just qualifying for the British Touring Car. Um, I went to Brands Indy, the round at Brands Indy, just in case there was any uh, anyone who didn't listen to the last podcast. Yes. And if you didn't, why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, Fix that. <laughs> <laughs> go and listen to it. Pause this one. Go yeah. and listen to the other one and then come back to this one. Yeah. Um, um, Brands Indy, of course, is the better version of Brands Hatch because it gets rid of the bit I don't like on it. It's a much shorter circuit. <laughs> it's much um, easier to learn. <laughs> yeah. There's less corners for Sean to forget. Um, <laughs> I just don't like the so, two, two right-handers um, in the middle of the track. Up right at the top in the woods. Yeah, yeah. I don't, even, I like I don't know their name. I like coming down the hill on that corner, but then after that, you have two right-handers and they're rubbish. So, if they could, <laughs> if they can if they can make those banks, then it'd be much better. But uh, I don't like well, those they are. So that would be quite interesting. Bit. Is it? Um, is it? Is that one of Palmer's tracks um, brands? It is. Yeah. So, Mr. Palmer, if you could fix that, much appreciated from Stoneville Tomorrow. There we go. Right then, on to, on to BTCC business. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I am. Um, I am still <laughs> Anyway, yes, Brands Indy. Yeah. Um, so, sh long story short, the cars are still wicked. Um, they are really, really fast, even faster than they were before, um, and they are just as dramatic. 
to watch, I would say. We were a little bit um, hesitant, weren't we, when they said about this, because British Touring Cars always a noisy, like fast-paced series, lots of bumping and barging and mm-hmm. touring car racing. Um, and it's great to watch because of that. And we were wondering maybe if the hybrid was going to take some element of that away, if it changed the sound of the car or anything like that. Yeah, we were it worried ab- about the sound. We are worried about it being a bit fragile for the type of racing that BTCC and touring cars in general are. Um, but for, certainly from the first round at uh, Donington, um, it was perfectly good. And actually, I just remember now, I did watch yesterday watch these three races on ITV, so uh, I can contribute to this podcast, which is very helpful. Um, very. So go on. So they, yeah, you, they, they were pretty good. I think they are really good. They're just as loud. Um, the only difference, really, <coughs> is the the light panel on the rear door. That's that's literally it. You to look at the cars are exactly the same. To hear them, they're exactly the same. They're just quicker, essentially. And mm-hmm. on a sh- very short circuit, like Brown Satch Indy, some of the guys further down the um, the championship that have got a lot more boost than the guys at the front, um, they are on the boost a lot of the time, but yeah, you wouldn't necessarily notice until they try and overtake someone who's not on the boost. Mm. And then there is a quite a big difference actually, um, between the speed with the hybrid and without, um, because what we found, what I thought was, um, anyway, that coming into, uh, I cannot remember the name of the corner. Now that's very annoying. Going to have to look it up. It's the left just before you come back onto, the right-handers at clearways. Surtees, Graham Hill Bend. That's the only ones I know from around brands. <laughs> really? You don't know any more than that? Nope. Corner, oh, na- corner names do not go into my... Apart, apart from at Le Mans, corner names do not go in, into my brain and stay there. Well, you'll be glad to know you did actually get it right. It is Surtees. Yes. Um, so, the overtaking into Surtees, um, which I wasn't expecting to see really um you also then have yeah obviously um a clark at the last corner there which is always good um place to get up the inside of someone which then leads up the main straight the pit straight obviously um but um no there was there was lots of overtaking even in practice um in qualifying quite quite interesting bits and pieces going on but they're quite sort of anodized touring car stuff i've just not seen touring car that close before if mm. that makes sense um so am i allowed to do a little plug sean yes i basically i was there with team hard um with um the, Bob, bobby thompson's manager um david managed to sort some tickets for me so i watched qualifying from bobby's garage which was really cool um you actually don't see a huge amount but actually if anything, I think you might be, you maybe see a bit more because you have the TV coverage yeah. in the garages, so you can actually see the live timing and That's... you can see what like the whole way around the circuit as well. I suppose you also uh, get a better atmosphere than you would on your sofa too. Well, yeah, absolutely. It was really cool, and obviously, in in touring car, it's one longer session. I think it's twenty five minutes they get for qualifying. Um, so quite a long quality session and only one of them. So it's not like it's elimination qualifying like Formula One, for example. Mm-hmm. They can come in and out the pit lane as often as they need to to try and 
adjust things or change whatever bits and pieces they actually need to um to to uh to get the lap time uh so bobby was in and out of the pits quite a bit they were swapping tires what they what they do which is quite interesting i think sean somewhere like brown's hatch where it's a very short circuit they struggle to get the rear tires up to temperature what they also struggle to do is get the right hand tires up to temperature do they um run um asymmetric compounds on the touring cars or do or is it just they might change one side rather than another no so what they do is he'll go out he'll do two install laps come back to the pit lane and then the left rear tire will go on the front right oh really okay the right rear tire goes on the front left because and then vice versa obviously Mm -hmm. because the front left is the hottest the rear right will be the coldest Wow, that's, so then, when so then give you some balance for the next run. Exactly. Yeah. So he'll go out, do two more laps, and then start his quali run. So he did three or four runs in that time, and each of those times he came back in the pit lane, put it on um, what is known as Map Nine in touring cars because all of them have the same ECU, so they all have a Map Nine essentially. Which again, I don't know if you knew about this. This is quite clever how they keep the car cool in the pit lane with Map Nine. Um, so obviously they can't put the fans and everything on it like you might see in Formula One because there's not much space for that. So what it does is essentially um, it fires on alternate strokes, cylinders one and three, and then two and four. Wow, that's very clever, actually. You hear it like a sort of almost quite lumpy, but almost like it's blipping the throttle. Like if you're sitting in the pit lane blipping the throttle where the revs are coming up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. But actually what is is it firing on alternate cylinders wow to keep keep the end keep keep the engine cool to keep the turbo a bit cooler um and yeah stop it from getting too hot that's why i didn't know that that's a that's a very good um good bit of knowledge that's huh? so why not it's really clever isn't it really yeah. clever wish i could do, um, wish I could do that on my sleeker try and save them to feel <laughs> well yeah i suppose that's the other thing is that they in theory i don't know if they could actually run on it on like a formation lap I don't know if it's like a drivable map or if it is just literally for getting the car to operate in temperature and staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly it sounds pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so we come in, stick it on map nine, it goes up on the air jacks, they swap all the tyres, drop it down, and away he goes again yeah. for his next run. Um, in the garages as well, those cars are very loud. <laughs> um, very very noisy and it's just nice it's cool to be in the paddock yeah I mean like, we, we, we were both at, at uh, Brands when the DTM were there uh, was it two years ago now wow that's that's a yeah. that's a horrible thought um, even more than that even more than that it was 2019 oh no so it was pre-pandemic it was oh wow so it's one, four, three, three years. years ago oh that's horrible um, yeah I remember the hustle and bustle that was out, outside the pits garages there um and it was I can imagine it being equally as busy and um definitely louder being right right up to the action um with the cars there so yeah just really nice just I've not done that before I've not been in the garages during a qualifying session before oh, that's cool um which is yeah really really cool so thank you team Harden thank you David for that uh-huh. um but uh, but yeah, really really nice, and the cars were very quick, as they always are. British touring cars are rapid, um, and it's, you don't necessarily realise the speed until you see some of the support categories. 
Hmm. Um, and so you know, if I remember correctly, the support categories that were at Brands were the Formula. I want to say Formula Ford, but then uh, no, it was British F. Yeah, British F4. F4, that's it. Uh, um, Porsche Super Cup. Yep, Porsches were there. Genetas, were they there? We had two types of Genetta. So we had the Juniors and we had the GT4s. Nice. So yeah. And the GT, the actual, um, there was actually no Porsche races on the Saturday. They were all on the Sunday. But everything else had a race on the Saturday as well. So well, I got to go. see plenty of, plenty of racing. Um, and obviously knowing a few, oh, and the Mini Challenge was there as well. We had the Mini Challenge. Completely forgot about that. That was really good as well. Um, the same sort of thing, like a high-powered front-wheel drive touring car, very much the step into British touring cars now, because um, the Leo Cup doesn't really exist in the UK anymore. Thank you, Renault. Yep, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> so we have the Mini Challenge instead. Um, and yeah, the cars for that are really cool. Went to see um, a few drivers that I know in various paddocks as well, um, of Leo, Anioto. Oh yeah, who, uh, Zorba's... Uh, nephew, nephew yeah. Yep. yeah, he's in the mini challenge, and uh, young Daniel Ginchard, who I know in Formula Four as well, who uh, used to race at Rye House, has now been signed by Mercedes. Nice, um, not, not, so a, bad, young not a bad uh, career path so far, then. No, doing well, he's doing very well. Nice. Um, and I remember when he landed in the car park during the London Cup and broke his shoulder. Oh, I thought you were talking about him coming in a helicopter, but no, that's I oh. that's more having a big crash. Yes, yeah, very big crash. In his, in his home, um, where he land, jumps the fence, shall oh. we say. Cartwheeled the car and landed outside of the circuit. Um, did, did he land on his feet and go to the or, uh, uh No, no. He, he got in the ambulance and went to hospital. <laughs> um, but no, he was fine. And he's yeah, very, very good driver, hence why Mercedes assigned him. Nice. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that was, that was nice to have a catch up with a few people that I know. Um, it's always cool to go to these events when you know some of the people racing as well, obviously. Um, and obviously, we had that, that um, sort of in, I suppose is the right word, with Bobby Thompson as well and Team Hard, where we um, we spent some time in the garage there having a look at the cars. Um, spoke to David quite a lot. He's um, and basically a customer I know through work. Um, but yeah, really nice guy, and he got us in for the day, which is nice. Awesome. Shall we yeah. move on to the actual races themselves? Absolutely. Now, I actually didn't see the races because I was racing on the Sunday. So I'm going to have to kind of take your lead here. That's I've all. got the results, but... That's all right. Um, it was a quite wet day at uh, Brands on Sunday. Yeah. Which was, um, always makes things more interesting. Um, you had... In race one, there was a massive call between going on slicks and sort of braving it, or going on to wets slash intermediates and um, you know taking the conventional route. Uh, and I think it was, I want to say it was, it wasn't, it wasn't Tom Ingram. Who who's replaced him? Was it Roy Butcher? Um, I think so. Yes, Roy Butcher in, in the Toyota, who went on to the. Uh, the slick start um, plummeted to the back of the grid on the first lap. Um, so not quite cool then. Well, it wasn't at that point, um, but he then spent the rest of the race at times going many seconds a lap faster than everyone else. Uh, recovered up to, to seventh place, which in a you know twenty-eight-ish car grid, um, it, was, it was it was certainly exciting to watch. Um, whether or not it was, I think he would have finished fifth. Um, but for, but for a sort of last lap 
fall off the track. Um, but yeah, that was that was very fun to watch. Uh, at the front of the the um, the pack, it was won by Josh Cook uh, from Tom Ingram and Dan Kamish in the first race, uh, which was good for the. I think Dan's with the Ford team, isn't he? The Napa Fords. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. Cool. Um, much the same in race two. Uh, it was kind of slick to mediate. Um, you know, do do you if you are braving it. How brave are you with the with the grip on 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 the car? Uh, you had you had the uh, the classic BMWs overtaking everybody on the start line because they have their benefits of rear wheel drive, uh, yeah. and then a mix of the um, I keep wanting to say curves, but that's not what it is. The hybrid system um, being being deployed by different cars and having different levels of. Um, speed boost basically throughout the race depending on how many laps they had it for and how many seconds on the lap they had um but i think as they say uh rain is the great leveler and when it when it is a slick track you don't necessarily want more power which is uh was certainly the case with um, a couple of the guys at the front um i think it was who was it one of one of the i think it might have been i want to say turkington but i don't think it was um, but yeah, some of the guys at the front were just there or thereabouts. But that was again won by Josh Cook in race two from Dan Camish, who got a second podium, good for him. Uh, and then Rory Butcher came third. And then on to race three, it was long story short, Colin Turkington won it from Jake Hill and Bobby Thompson. So yeah, it was a as 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 it's was intended. The hybrid system is throwing up different results, different race to race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's Bobby Thompson's first podium of the season, um, and and uh, I don't think he's his first ever British Touring Car podium. I think he's been on there a couple of times, but certainly his first this year. Um, and from yeah, I think I think the hybrid is definitely mixing it up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, especially in different conditions as well. I think it, it comes down to um, who is brave enough i suppose to get on the boost as early as possible and try yeah. and carry that speed as well because remember it, do, it doesn't deploy below how fast was it was it 70 mile an hour it's either was 70, it 70k it's either 50 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour. So that's that sort of region okay yeah so you have to be going pretty quick for it to actually start if that makes sense yeah. so i think yeah certain corners especially in the wet you probably find they were kind of a bit touch and go as to whether you could boost through them. Well, you can imagine with the front wheel drive cars, they'll be scrabbling because their their front wheels are doing everything out of tighter corners. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, some some places like Druids at the top of the hill, the hairpin there, that's obviously going to be far too slow. I would have thought, but possibly um, the uh, Graham Hill at the bottom of the hill there, mm-hmm. um, the left hander just after Druids. I think possibly, maybe they could boost through there. Certainly after that on the straight, I was seeing a lot of people boosting up up the Cooper Straight. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's I think it's it seems to be working. <laughs> yeah, one of the better word. I, I think it's a it's a good addition. It's uh, I think it is. It's given more opportunities and more possibilities. I think because obviously the more uh, the more the different strategies you can do, as we saw with Kurs back in the day in F one. Where you could deploy it how you want, rather than a pre, rather than having everything be done for you automatically and everything be the same. 
um, like a normal engine would be or like the ERS systems are with everyone nowadays um, it's it does it just it just gives you one extra tool to your your car really to to, to get past people which is good absolutely um, I think it, it's definitely um, been implemented the right way as yeah. much as 100% um, and, I, and it does seem to as well all this sliding scale of how much boost you can have per race um, I like that as well I think that's that adds an element to it which you obviously had with the success ballast but that you don't you didn't have in things like even in even now in things like IndyCar or Super Formula where they have this push to pass it's not a hybrid but it's still a push to pass they don't have well IndyCar, that... IndyCar will be from I think next year so there you go PTCs yeah. are ahead of the curve in that regard they are and, and it would be really cool if you got people like in in like the same idea in IndyCar where you have that sliding scale of how much boost you can actually get um, and I think that would make something like IndyCar even closer mm. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, well, we will see. We will see. Now we did have a laugh after um, our last podcast when I think it was the ETCR. Oh, sorry, the, the TCR lot um, are now going to be introducing their hybrid technology in the next year or two. And <laughs> just imagine the BTCC guys going, "Ha ha, we're, we've already got ours." So, well, know, yeah, two fingers up to you lot. <laughs> exactly, and it's one of those things, isn't it? Like TCR is the global force at the moment, but the British touring car is still certainly in the uk much much bigger than tcr and for them to be ahead of the curve with that i think is probably good i think it's safe to say you have more maybe loyal is not the right word but more um passionate fans um in the btcc than you would do in tcr because well i think i think you probably have more fans just generally i don't think people necessarily know about the tcr uk series as much as oh right no 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 they definitely not in the uk stuff but yeah i mean compared to say the world tcr what's called now the world touring car cup or whatever it's called um i don't know i don't know how big it is on the continent but um it's i certainly now that it's not a manufacturer's series i think that btcc is definitely um more of a purists um series one that people get more yeah. more involved in yeah i would agree i think people like to really back a driver now as well whereas mm-hmm. before it may have, may have been that they supported honda or BMW, ford or whoever it was yeah. yeah um now you you tend to support a driver instead um you might support a, t- a team if you particularly like a partic- like whatever team, but I think yeah, most people that I speak to seem to follow a driver as much as anything. Even if they start following that driver because they like the car they're driving, yeah, um, it's now become more of a personality championship rather than car championship as much as anything. And I think that the hybrid, that sliding scale hybrid system, really lends itself to that as well. Yeah, because you, you're getting different drivers getting podiums. Um, or well, certainly as we get further into the season, I think you're definitely going to. I mean, if we have a, I know we're mostly talking about the um, the round at Brands Hatch now, but if we have a look at, at Thruxton that was yeah. a couple of weeks later, which is obviously a very, very high-speed circuit, and I know it was really hot as well, so completely off the other end of... Um, <laughs> Classic English uh, differences of weather there. Yeah, two weeks difference, but it went from being a cold, rainy day at Brands Hatch to a scorching one at Thruxton. <laughs> um, 
And and actually, Thruxton had some fairly um, more. I don't know what's the right word. Standardized results, I suppose. More expected. Um, more expected, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ash Sutton third in all three races. Jake Hill second in the first two. Josh Cook winning the first two. Um, but then we did have Adam Morgan winning race three and Turkington on uh, the, the middle step for race three as well. So, yeah. I don't know. I suppose, to say. Yeah, right at, the, right at the top, you're right. It is more consistent, maybe, less varied. Um, but then you still have guys like Dan Robottom, who up until Fruxton has had a pretty you know, mediocre season. Fifth place, fifth place, fourth place. Um, his previous best result had been ninth. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty have, solid. Yeah, and you know, guys like Dan Camish, who got those two podiums in Brands Hatch, he's then twenty fifth, eighteenth, and twentieth in the yeah. uh, in the Frux- Fruxton round. So yeah, it really does show the BTCC is certainly healthy in terms of its competition, which is always good. Absolutely. I mean, Thruxton is a circuit that you would think really is going to favour the rear wheel drive cars a lot more because of how fast it is. Um, and that's perhaps why Jake Hill managed to get second in two of the races, being in a BMW. Um, Josh Cook's in a Honda. Ash is in the Ford, so clearly it's not going all BMW's way with it. But BMW itself got three second places. Yeah. Because Turkinson and Jake Hill. I remember historically when I used to watch BDCC quite often that Honda, it was a Honda track, Silverstone. Sorry, not Silverstone, Ruxton. Um is this is it still a sort of is it still the case that certain cars definitely do do better than others around certain tracks or is it kind I think of maybe, is it a lot maybe. more uh, level than it used to be? I think it's probably a lot more level. Um, there is going to be a certain element of that because there's not as much sort of um, like testing bans and things mm-hmm. in British touring car that you might find that someone like for example Team Hard that is sort of based near where I live, Sean, you know where I live. Um, it's not far from me, so realistically their closest circuit is probably Brands Hatch. So they do quite a lot of testing at Brands Hatch. They'll naturally go better when they're at Brands. Um, and I think there's probably a bit of that that goes on. Um, aside from the rear-wheel drive, front-wheel drive split, <coughs> that, um, I don't know, what uh, what team's Josh Cook with now, is it? Uh, Josh Cook um, is with Rich Energy, BTC Racing, Honda Civic. So I don't know where BTC Racing are based, but if they are potentially near Thruxton, then not might. Oh, okay. So they're Silverstone, nearly. They're pretty much Silverstone, so you would expect them to go probably quite well there. Um, but you don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's just a hypothetical thing of that I've put two and two together and got five. But, <laughs> um, but you, yeah, I don't hey, know. Hey, we, we, we've we've never said that maths are strong points, Sam. Well, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Don't need, um, don't need maths and physics. We're racing drivers. Exactly. <laughs> um, if you know that joke, you're in a very, very select club. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, after the round three, which is basically the sort of the third way stage of the season, we do have Josh Cook leading the char- championship by quite a healthy margin, actually. Uh, 139 points for him. Second place is Ash Sutton on 116, which considering he's not won a race this year, I think that's pretty good going. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. And he's just a consistent, really, isn't it? Worst result of ninth. Um, and obviously, best result of one second place at Donington. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty appalling race for him in Brands, uh, Brands but uh, managed to sort himself out for race two and three. And then Thruxton was super consistent of 
third in each of the races, which considering the reverse grid and the deficit that he would have with the boost, I think that's pretty impressive. You, um, you, I mean, you're actually someone who you know more than the other drivers, Sam. Do you think uh, he'll be at all worried at this point, being 23 points down? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, Ash is very, very quick in whatever you put him in. Um, it will take maybe a bit of getting used to with the extra power, but it's not that dissimilar a car to what he's been driving for the last three, few years anyway. Um, his front-wheel drive, he's good in a front-wheel drive. He knows Josh Cook really well as well because they were teammates when he first came into British Touring Car in MG. Mm -hmm. Um so a while ago now, granted, but he is quite good mates with Josh Cook. So if anyone is going to know how to beat Josh Cook, it's probably Ash. Um, well, I mean, he's got plenty of titles behind him to prove it. So, uh, right, exactly. Yeah, just behind Ash Sutton in third place, Colin Turkington, the old, the old dog. He's still going. 112 points, so four points off Ash. Tom Ingram, 111 for Hyundai. Uh, Jake Hill with three second places and a win. Um, 103 points. Uh, and then there's a, another big gap down to Adam Morgan in sixth place. Uh, are we already seeing a gap, Sam, between the uh, the guys we expect to go for the title and those who are just going to be aiming for wins and as best best results possible? Um, I think the, there certainly seems to be at the moment, but I do think that um, that will change. I mean, Gordon, um, I mean Gordon, I, for me, Gordon Shedden's already uh, it's, it's disappointing to be in seventh place. But he has had a win. He's had a, a, two podiums, obviously a third and a first. Um, and, and I do think that he maybe um, will find his way back up. Once we get to somewhere like Alton Park, there's going to be a lot more point and squirt with the hybrid, I think, whereas Ruxton is probably holding it for as long as you possibly can to keep your speed up. Yep. Um, Alton is this weekend. Worth a watch if uh, qualifying is probably at time of recording already happened. Uh, yep, so yeah, by the time this releases this afternoon, you should be on tomorrow on ITV4. So, yep, get, get your get your schedules done for that if you're not watching yep. them all, obviously. Obviously, which we are. Um, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I think it will level out, and I think the hybrid system and that ballast style system is uh, going to lend itself towards closing the gap. Once people start getting more established, I think they're going to have to try and get used to not having the boost as much as anything. I mean, someone like Josh Cook clearly is pretty quick this season, uh, yeah. and he's got a decent car, but it's not as much of a proven team as someone like Motorbase that Ash is with, or certainly West Surrey Racing and BMW that Colin Turkington is with. I suppose so anyway. we will see as we get to the, maybe the more technical circuits like Alton, Croft, and Knock Hill. Knock Hill is not a difficult <laughs> track <laughs> to learn. There's about four corners, well, really, yeah. isn't there? Snetterton, I think, might be a slightly better um, example. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, Alton and Croft are great circuits, especially Croft. I love to watch British, British touring cars there. Um, but they are more technical. They are more difficult to set the car up. He's going to have less boost. Um, where the boost is arguably going to be more prevalent, I guess, because of the start-stop nature of it. Um, the slower corners, there's there's faster sections at Croft, granted, but um, there's still some pretty slow corners in there as well, where the boost coming out of the corner is going to be important. Um, 
it will be interesting to see how Josh Cook does there, I think. Well, it's still a long season. We'll have to see we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll, probably, we'll, we'll probably do another one or two of these over the season, see how, it, how it's going. Um, certainly we'll do one at the end to, to, to see, who, see who wins. Um, Tom Chilton, you're down 16th place, mate. You, could, you can do it. I believe in you. You're only 115 points off, but, you know, it's the... <laughs> Is the uh, no, just never give up. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, Sam, thank you for joining me for this one. Always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. Nice one. We'll be recording that another podcast later this afternoon for Le Mans, Le Mans based stuff. But uh, until then, everybody, thank you for listening. Follow us on social media. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>